Welcome to Here There Be Monsters Podcast. I am your captain, Derek Hayes. Thank you for sticking with me through my little unplanned hiatus. I recently relocated, and in doing so, I had to rebuild my studio completely from the ground up. I'm not quite finished yet, but I'm far enough along to get a show out to you guys, so thanks again for your patience. Before I get started tonight, I wanted to make just a little announcement. It probably comes as no surprise that I love Halloween. And I've been thinking for a while that I wanted to do something special for the last episode of October. So I've decided to do a special Ghost Stories episode. To be more specific, for one show only, I'm going to open the floodgates to completely fictional ghost stories. So if you have a great story, now is your chance to share it with the world. The only thing I ask is that you mention from the beginning that the story you're submitting is a submission for the special Halloween episode. I'm looking forward to hearing what you guys have to offer. Alright, so let's jump on into this. Our first call of the night describes a camping trip that has gone completely wrong. Hi, my name is Jenny, and um, I guess I thought about this recently. But when I was, I don't know, a kid growing up, my family went camping together all the time. And um, I had thought about, or I had forgotten about this for a really long time, but when I was uh, maybe 10 or 11, um, I went camping and uh, as normal, my entire family went. And so there were several cousins um, with us. In particular, there were two of my cousins. um, We were all about the same age. And we were hiking or camping at Pagan State Park in Indiana. And I just remember uh, standing on the playground and, you know, out of the corner of our eye, uh, seeing something. And um, I just know we all saw it because at the exact same uh, time, we all kind of did the, uh, you know, uh, the catching of the breath. And, um, you know, we looked around each other and said, you know, what was that? And all of us, you know, we're young, and so we were a little bit scared anyway of the woods, I guess. But, uh, you know, we, we've we agreed that we, you know, we thought it was a witch. That's the only way we could describe it. It kind of looked like a witch out of the corner of our eye, uh, you know, white, tall, kind of scary looking. And um, just gave us all the creeps, I guess. And uh, we saw it one other time while we were there at a different camping trip. Uh, we went every year 
and uh, saw the same thing in the same location. And I totally forgot about it and never really thought about it again until recently, uh, now, you know, 20 years later, driving through that area and I saw the sign for the state park and got the chills that came over me and I, I didn't at the time know why I, I didn't remember anything about it and then later that night uh, I dreamt of her and in my dream she said I found you now and man talk about <laughs> freaking out um, and, and I had a thought about it uh, for years and years and years until I had that dream and it, and it came all back to me. So I thought maybe, you know, I made this all up in my mind. I never really saw anything. So I called my cousin and kind of said, hey, do you remember when we went camping that one time at Pekagan? And she said, you mean that lady in the woods? And so she, she instantly knew who I was talking about. So uh, that's my story. I thought I'd share it. Thank you. Thank you, Jenny. I have fond memories of Pokagon State Park myself. We used to ride the toboggan sleds there every winter back in college. But as for her story, it's very interesting that of all the things to see, a witch was witnessed. I did some digging and while the area is steeped with historical significance, I could not find anything detailing a witch. It is interesting, however, that she returned to Jenny in dream form. Was that simply Jenny's subconscious, or was there perhaps some sort of connection to the entity? And speaking of nightmarish visitations, our next story documents just that. Hello, I'm a huge fan. My sister and I listened to your podcast on our way to hikes to set the mood. Finally decided to enter my story because I'm curious if any other fans have honestly experienced what I have. The dancing man came to me in a dream in 2008, and nothing about him was actually that frightening. It was just a feeling of pure fear that stuck with me till morning. He is an extremely tall man wearing a black suit with a cane in his hand. He has huge eyes and a mouth that reaches ear to ear. His skin is unearthly white, and he wears or holds a top hat. He had extremely thin hands and normally long fingers. His smile makes me want to puke and seems to be sadistic in nature. In the first dream, I heard him before I saw him. He was whistling in my alleyway. In the dream, I am already fearful when I go to the window. From the second-story bedroom, I see him coming down the road. He is smiling and dancing, with his cane out tapping on the ground. When he reaches my window, he looks up at me. I awoke in a sweat of fear, and for the next couple weeks... I would awake the same way, but without any recollection of the dream. Finally, one night I awoke fearful and actually remembered what had unsettled me. The dancing man was in my dream, but he was only watching from the background. It was then that I realized that the other nights that this happened he had been there watching, and I would awake unable to place him. I did not sleep well that night and the next morning I came downstairs to find my roommate telling about her dream she had last night. She described him in full, including the creepy dancing. I told her my dream, and we both were extremely creeped out to say the least. We would both dream of him that night, so we stopped bringing him up. In 2015, I was at work when I heard about Slenderman for the first time. 
I looked him up immediately, and the description was eerily similar to my dream. The whole thing to this day freaks me out. I guess I just wonder if we're alone. Thank you for submitting. For those that aren't familiar, the Slender Man is a fictional supernatural character that originated as an internet meme created by Something Awful forums user Eric Knudsen, aka Victor Surge, back in 2009. The creature he created is an extremely tall and slender man in a black suit. The figure's face is void of all features. There are several other well-known entities that share attributes to the submitter's report. The Hat Man and the Grinning Man are two good examples. I myself have never heard of the Dancing Man. Perhaps listeners out there have had a similar experience. If so, please speak up. We'd all love to hear further details on this entity. Switching gears here, our next story comes from the state of Arkansas. Hey, I've got a story coming from uh, when I was stationed at Little Rock Air Force Base, Arkansas. That's in the city of Jacksonville, about 20 minutes east of Little Rock, uh, which is Arkansas state capital. So I worked graveyard working with the C-130s, the cargo planes that they got over there flying training missions. And uh, I worked uh, the grave shift for about three years. It was about 6 a.m. on a cold winter morning. It was actually around uh, February when this happened, February of 2014. Um, it was around 6 a.m. We were uh, preparing the planes uh, to, to fly off, do their missions. There were about eight of us, and we were on graveyard shift. Well... Around 6 a.m., we're getting ready for uh, for shift change, but to avoid the to avoid that noise, we go out onto the flight line, drive out there with our bread truck, and uh, just stand in front of the jet, make sure it's ready for for takeoff, all that stuff, all that stuff. But usually, it doesn't take too many people, so for the most part, there's like six of us out in front of the plane, just kind of talking, hanging out, getting ready to get off work. And at about 6 a.m., the the sun's rising and it just creates this beautiful glow across the sky, this beautiful red haze mixing with a blue night sky. And it's just this beautiful light show in the morning for about 30 minutes. But um, one of my coworkers uh, looks up and goes, hey, what's that? And uh, we all kind of looked up and we saw this, this rocket looking thing shooting across the sky. Well, I say rocket because it was a looked silver. It was like a silver metallic-looking object. It was uh, reflecting the the light of the sun off of it. It was actually it was uh, it looked like it was kind of shimmering, which is uh, which is what made us identify it as a rocket. And uh, it had like a fire coming out of the back end of it, like it was being propelled forward. Um, we we concluded it wasn't like some space rock or something or some space dust because. Firstly, it was way too low. It was way too low. Uh, we see planes flying all the time in the sky, so for the most part, we always, we really, we really know how fly, how like high a plane normally is, and an altitude for reference. 
So for reference, when we actually saw where how high this thing was, it wasn't it wasn't like terribly high, like where a comet would be so far away in the distant sky. But it was it was definitely within our sight to where we were able to identify that it was it was some object. I'm not gonna say UFO. I don't I don't know because we don't know what it is. Um, but we were all looking at this for for about a solid four or five seconds, and um, before we knew it, it just kind of evaporated. It literally it it literally looked like this like if you blinked, this thing was gone. So for five seconds, we're observing it, and with all all of us looking at it, eyes wide open, we're just like, what is that? And before we knew it, it was it just it just disappears, like it vanishes into thin air, like like you look at somebody, you turn around, and and they sprint off, and they're gone have no idea where they went it was it was definitely baffling and uh it was eight of us air force guys air force mechanics standing there wondering what this was and there are there are no jets in the vicinity of little rock so we we concluded it wasn't a jet and for the most part if it was if it was some type of jet fighter you would hear the engine you'd hear the sound of the motor you'd you'd hear all of that You'd hear the boom it would make as it flew over you, as as the sound was trying to catch up to the, as the sound of the jet tries to catch up to the jet itself, because jets actually fly fly faster than the sound they make. So it didn't make any sound at all, but it was on fire. Like it, it had this fire that was coming out of it. And it was a metallic-looking thing that was bouncing the light off the sun off of its skin. And to this day, we have no idea what it was. And, um, that happened at Little Rock Air Force Base in 2014 in a cold summer or on a cold winter morning. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, sir, for calling. My first thought was that you simply saw a commercial airline. It's incredible how bright the sun can shine off the skin of one of those things. But your mention of fire spewing out the back quickly altered my course. Unless, of course, the plane was crashing to Earth in which case we probably would have heard about that. So that leaves us with one question. What was it? Let's assume for just a moment that the craft was controlled by an intelligent force from outside our planet. Would jet propulsion be a practical mode of transportation for them? I find it hard to believe that they would travel from hundreds and perhaps thousands of light years away only to use fossil fuels once they got here. All that aside, I truly wonder what that was. Thank you again for calling in. From the air to the ground, our next story comes to us from the state of Arizona. My ghost story happened in 2005 in Tucson, Arizona, sometime in the afternoon in late fall. The house is a tiny, four-bedroom ranch style built in the late 1960s. The property before that was just open desert at the edge of town. My brother and I, 35 and 36 at the time, were sitting in separate chairs in our living room watching TV, which was on the wall next to the doorway into our kitchen, a room we could both see from our positions. To give more background, we were not drinkers or users of any drugs or medications. While watching TV, we both saw a woman or a man walk past our doorway to the kitchen, coming from my brother's bedroom and headed toward the back door. 
What we saw was a younger person with long black hair, about 5'5", wearing a tan outfit. Having only seen the figure for a few seconds as it walked by, we never could positively identify the outfit worn. So we both turned and looked at each other and immediately jumped to our feet and ran toward the back after the person. We opened our back door, which we never heard open or close, and ran onto the back porch expecting to find someone, but seeing nothing. We ran in opposite directions around the house while looking around our yard, and even on the roof for someone. We searched the entire yard, looking in every possible hiding spot, each knowing to leave our yard would require a noisy climb of our metal fence, a sound that we never heard. This is the low desert, so there was no vegetation or a tree that anyone could hide behind. We even returned to search the house, still listening for what we thought would come, the sound of someone climbing our fence to escape. From when we saw the figure to our pursuit, only several seconds elapsed, and a person would have had to be sprinting to have evaded us. Even then, we would have seen someone go over a fence. Our conclusion was that it had to have been a ghost. Knowing the builder of this house and the family who grew up here, we inquired as to any deaths that may have occurred. No one died here. But this was once Native American tribal land, ending in the late 1800s. The family had found numerous arrowheads and even stone axes in the yard. The figure we saw did have a Native American look to it, which may explain the long hair and tan-looking clothes. About ten years later, I was in the kitchen washing dishes when I heard someone walk behind me and pass toward the back door, same path of the original figure. When I turned, no one was there. There was no one else living here, and no way my brother could have walked past me, being that he was taking a shower at that moment. The only other incident of note were a series of three poundings on the wall that would occur randomly for about a month back in 2014. Most notable being a series of three loud bangs right next to my head while I was sleeping. I leaped out of bed, heart pounding, throwing my pillow and blanket across the room. I'd been living alone at this time. I ran outside, expecting to find someone on my front porch who had been trying to wake me, but no one was there. And again, no sound of a person climbing the fence. I love your show. It's my favorite podcast. Thank you. Thank you for submitting. Now, your story reminded me of an encounter I had when I was a child. I may have even mentioned it on a previous show, so if I did, please excuse the repeated telling. But while visiting my grandparents near Jacksonville, Florida... I'd walk down their hall and see what I can only describe as a Native American dancing in the room to my right. If I stopped or turned my head, the figure would disappear, but out of my peripheral vision, I could clearly see the shape and movement. The strange thing about this reoccurring encounter was that the home was fairly new, similar to that of our submitter. So perhaps it's the ground that has stored these energies, and somehow they play within the present day home. It's an interesting situation to be sure, so thank you again for sharing. When I first started this show, I assumed I'd be bombarded with stories of Sasquatch, but to my surprise, that simply hasn't been the case. 
and to be honest, I'm a little disappointed by that. So if you, or perhaps someone you know, has had an encounter with the hairy guy, please consider sharing. I find those stories fascinating, and I'm sure all the listeners out there will as well. Remember to submit, simply call the hotline at 1-888-608-NIGHT. Don't forget that every 13th caller gets a free Here There Be Monsters podcast t-shirt. And between you and me, we are dangerously close to the next free giveaway. Be sure to visit the website at www.herethebemonsterspodcast.com and while you're at it, hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Lastly, music from tonight's episode was provided by Mayu and Nature1986. That's it for tonight. Thank you all for listening, and until next week.